0: everyone and welcome to here for the right reasons us weekly's bachelor podcast i am your host sarah heron and i am flying solo today for this very dramatic bachelorette finale part two recap situation for a few reasons um one in case you missed it queen elizabeth died and that really rocked um a lot of people's worlds and if you work in entertainment journalism and Have a job that doesn't just cover TV, then it kind of ran your life for the last um, 12 days. And that, you know, made things a little difficult for me to schedule. I also was really hoping to have time with Gabby and Rachel, like I usually do after the finale. They're doing a lot of in-person press. They were on Kelly and Ryan, which I'm going to get into. They did a segment that aired on Good Morning America that was taped last night because you could tell because they were in the same clothes that they were wearing at after the final rose, which is interesting because that implies that Rachel left, which we never saw her come back. But really, she came back to do Good Morning America. And I know that you were doing Chicks in the Office and a couple other a couple other appearances, uh, Bachelor Happy Hour. So I'm very bummed. I don't totally know why we didn't get uh, any time at Us Weekly with Gabby and Rachel post-finale. And I was sort of baking on it, which is another reason I'm flying solo. But I have a lot to say. I really have a lot to say. And I also got... Your opinions, everyone who listens to the show who follows me on Instagram, because I asked you guys what you were thinking during the finale and after and the next morning as we're still trying to process. I, I have so many thoughts about Tino and Rachel, and I truly don't even know. Where I stand, I I don't think I'm on either side. To be quite honest, this might be unpopular. I don't didn't love how Rachel came off for some of this stuff too, and I don't know if it was just the aven of it all. Maybe all of a sudden I have sympathy for Tino. And I, I watched the episode back this morning, and I have very detailed notes. So I just want to jump right in and dive into it and read you guys some of the things that Bachelor Nation has been saying, some highlights of Rachel and Gabby's appearances so far, what I think is going to happen next, all that fun stuff. We're just going to dive in, as you know, we do on this podcast. We kicked this off. With a horror movie of Jesse Palmer in the dark, warning us of what's to come. And I thought this was so interesting and worth mentioning because there's two types of people who are part of Bachelor Nation, right? You either watch the show every week, it's two, sometimes three, if they're trying to kill us, like last night, hours of your life, and that's it. You don't follow these people on Instagram, you don't read about them, or maybe you catch one or two headlines here and there during the season, but overall, very casual. It's two hours on your Monday or Tuesday night, and maybe you talk to talk to your friends about it, but you're not really following the narrative outside of the show that's presented to you. And then there are the people who follow The Bachelor accounts, who listen to this podcast. Maybe you listen to this podcast, you can be a little bit of the first type of person in a combo. Um, but if you're following Bachelor Nation Scoop, you're following Bachelor Data, you read Us Weekly, you read People Magazine, you listen to Bachelor Happy Hour, you're very involved and you, you do kind of hear spoilers or allegations whether you want to or not. It's pretty hard to avoid. And there's been a lot of that this season. I mean, stemming back to Nate and everything that he was with his ex-girlfriends. And then Eric, the photo of him in blackface from his yearbook. Then these messages with Eric's ex-girlfriend. Those all got like mainstream media pickup because there was a response or like proof. You know what I mean? Eric responded to the blackface photo. So it was like, and there was a photo. You could see it was him. There was also the screenshots of the text messages you could see that they were like they could have been altered, which is why you see alleged and stuff and that. But there is a way to kind of try to prove it. And we independently, you know, confirmed that those text messages were between Eric and his ex, Amanda. So that gets coverage. But then there was this stuff about Tino going around. And that was really just on like reality Steve and the super all spoiling pages, which Us Weekly kind of borders. Um, I don't know if this is too inside baseball. This might not be fun at all, but I just thought it was interesting. That Jesse Palmer came out and said, we're going to talk about the Eric messages, the Tino indiscretions. And if you didn't read Reality Steve, which I don't think the whole audience does, if you don't, the whole audience doesn't read Us Weekly, I don't think they read Reality Steve, you wouldn't know what that was talking about. So it kind of spoiled the whole thing. And even later on, when Rachel kind of finally says, he cheated on me, she's like, everybody knows. So maybe it feels like that. And that's why they're kind of projecting it. And this season did get a lot, as they all do, headlines outside of what was presented on the show. But a lot of times they try to tease it for as long as possible. And I thought it was weird that they kind of came out and said that. I mean, I was watching with someone who didn't read spoilers and she was very confused about what indiscretions meant with Tino. Maybe it was to hook you in, but also then people were probably Googling it and maybe trying to spoil it themselves. I don't know. I just spent way too long talking about that, but it was fascinating to me. Sean and Catherine, the only Bachelor couple, traditional Bachelor couple where they didn't do a swap at the end that are married in the audience. Then you have Becca Kufrin, Caitlin Bristow, Michelle in the crowd, Makes sense because they're involved in Bachelor Nation, but you know, they aren't any of them are not with the person they picked. So there's always that part of it. We pick off where we left off with Eric and Gabby and that fight about getting engaged. It got resolved pretty quick, which makes sense. I wasn't expecting any resolution that totally made sense from an audience perspective here. It kind of felt like a misunderstanding between the two of them. And she definitely wanted to get engaged, and he maybe saw. She not that it, as an out when she kind of posed it as a question, but maybe he was throwing it out there to really get a temperature check on her. She apologized for being dramatic. She now thinks it shouldn't be an easy decision and thinks it's OK that they're kind of going back and forth about it. It was slightly confusing to me, but I also just didn't want to circle the drain with that. So I, we all, I think, as an audience accepted, OK, they somehow moved on from that. Um, and during her conversation with Rachel, Gabby did say, you know, he didn't really say he was going to propose, but like, hopefully. So I think maybe the resolution between them was, maybe a little bit more of it. I woke up that morning and I actually didn't know Gabby didn't know because a lot of times they they clearly know what's going to happen. Um, I don't know. I, I thought that was a little bit bizarre the way that aired. But I'm again, I don't know if there's making sense of what happened there because I think it might have been a misunderstanding between Gabby and Eric. We're at Rachel and Tino, which is the huge shell of a lot of this. Um, we see her go to Tino and say, you're the only one left and how perfect we are for each other. And I'm so excited to tell you. I watched this scene again this morning. And it is kind of telling and bizarre to see Tino not really react when she says, you're the only one left. He has a delayed reaction. His face doesn't change. Maybe it's just easy to read into knowing what we know now, but it is a little bit of a red flag. And I feel like people have been pointing out that Tino has some red flags throughout the season, maybe not necessarily believing he was the most genuine or, you know, handling the process perfectly. And I think this was an interesting moment that in retrospect, it was like, oh, okay, well, he... He maybe realized he was in over his head there, but then in his confessional, he made a comment that didn't age well in which he said he would bet everything he had that him and Rachel are forever. Well, I hope Tino's not a betting man. I hope, you hope he lives in a state that doesn't allow you to just, you know, deposit all the money you got and make a bet because whew, they lasted, I think I would assume they ended in May and they started having problems in July or like really bad problems in July, problems probably before that, but they kept mentioning around the premiere things got bad. Then they kind of made up. And then I assume this all went down probably in August. So a total of two to four months. And I have a gallery on usmagazine.com of shortest bachelor relationships of all time. And up there at number one is Maddie Pruitt and Peter Weber with two days. But the two to four month category puts uh Gabby, or puts Rachel and Tino pretty high up there. Anyway, we have white dresses for the engagements for both of them. We don't see Neil Lane. Well, they're going to pick out the rings. I feel like he probably felt a little gypped. I wonder if Neil Lane was in Mexico. I can't imagine he wouldn't wouldn't be. And I actually, for the first time in recent history, can remember loving both of the Neil Lane engagement rings. I'm usually the first one to be like, well, if it doesn't work, at least she doesn't have to wear that ring anymore. Or at least it was free. Um, But I loved both of these rings, especially Rachel's. What a killer that she had to give that one back. It was a stunner. Um, it's so cringe watching her face. Watch Tino propose to her. Also, beyond cringe watching him do the fake out. There's something I have to say. This is never going away. And like when he proposes, oof, it was cringe. It really was cringe to watch her face watching it in the little box as we were talking, calling it last week during part one of the finale. And you know, overall, guys, just tough to see a proposal at 8:30 when we know this show doesn't end till 11. You know what I mean? We knew things were going to go awry. We obviously knew we weren't watching the happily ever after with the proposal, but still seeing the first proposal at 8.30 and knowing this program wasn't going to end till 11, it it was not a fun feeling as an audience member. Maybe you guys feel differently. Tell me if you think, oh, that's so exciting. There's so much more to go. Or if you think they could have structured this better. I still think also this would have made more sense last week. I guess it would have been pretty overwhelming because a lot did unfold last night. But I think especially the aven of it all, like so much of it would have been would have been interesting to have seen happen back to back versus Gabby having to do a full dancing with the stars performance uh during this and I don't know interesting so we cut to Jesse Palmer and Rachel and she's you know captain obvious well you didn't look great watching that what happened Rachel and she says they were growing pains after they left the show, long distance, getting to know each other, kind of tales as old as time stuff. But around the premiere, which was July 11th, they were having a difficult time. She said a couple of weeks later, things started getting better. And he had concerns about relationships from the past coming forward. And he was alluding to certain things. Now, I'm pretty confident that Tino maybe saw Nate and the allegations that came out from the TikTok user saying that Nate didn't, you know, reveal that he had a daughter and that he was two-timing them because those came out in the late July, early August. So that would be around a couple of weeks after the premiere when Tino's thinking, oh God, I have skeletons in my closet. And if they're coming after Nate, what's going to stop people from leaking things about me? And that's where this gets interesting because Tino does say that he was talking to this person before the show, but nothing happened. Like they met before the show, but the kiss happened after the show, So I guess he's just worried that they're going to drop receipts. And he definitely is more worried. He's worried, I think, at this point more about how it's going to look versus telling Rachel, because I think one of his biggest offenses here is the waiting the four days from seeing Rachel in person at their happy couple and not telling him that he kissed this girl. But I feel like there's a thousand things they didn't tell us last night. But one that I feel like people are kind of brushing over is like, who is this woman? Who is this person that he met before the show? Because she also says while talking to Jesse Palmer, this is Rachel, she says, If it happened in the past, I wanted to talk it through, but he didn't want to tell me. We spent the rest of the week together. Then he called me four days later, which is definitely a cop out that he didn't say it to her face. Everyone knows he cheated on me. She told Jesse, it's not just physical, it's emotional. It's texting. It's so many things. So did Tino carry on a relationship with this woman? Is there like an emotional cheating that he felt? Did did he open up to this woman who he kissed at the bar one night about his problems with Rachel? Is that why she feels betrayed? Is it about the kiss? Is it about the emotional stuff? Is it all of the above, which is fine, but why did we only harp on the kiss? Is this someone that Tino was interested in dating? And did he admit that to Rachel? Is that why she's insecure? I just feel like there's more about who this person is and the relationship Tino had with her. And she kind of hinted at it by saying it was the texting this, but I want to know, what was he texting this girl? Did he, did he carry it on for longer? Is this more than a drunk kiss or a reaction to her trying to take off her ring? Which, oh, the ring, you guys. The beautiful ring that Neil Lane made for once caused so much turmoil and we'll get into it. I have endless thoughts about the conversation about the ring. But... Before we get into that, they do say, Jesse Palmer says, I don't want, I do want to warn you, Bachelor Nation. This is tough, but this is what happened. It feels like every time Jesse Palmer was talking, it was an after school special, but like with a horror movie mix. Like it was a horror movie parading an after school special. It was so weird. And I've been pretty on board with Jesse Palmer. I don't, I don't have major concerns with him as the host. I just feel like this was not his, not his night. I don't know if he, was just trying too hard, or if these were the lines they wrote him that were just like too on the nose and cheesy, but I didn't like the like PSA that we're not gonna be able to handle it. And they've been saying that for these last couple weeks, we can handle it. I mean, I did actually think I wrote, I don't know if I'll ever be over this, but that doesn't mean I can't handle it. It just means that it was a lot to unpack, but I don't like that they were talking to us like we couldn't, like we haven't seen this film before and we didn't like the ending, Becca and Ari, Hannah, Ann, and Peter. We've seen a happy couple meetup go wrong. You know what I mean? So don't, don't act like we can't handle it, Jesse Palmer. We see Rachel first have a convo with Gabby and she says, you're not wearing your ring. This must be serious. A lot of people pointing out online, Gabby was in fact wearing her ring, which spoiled the fact that Gabby and Eric got engaged um, before they showed the proposal. Kind of worth noting and kind of a goof just because the last time we saw Gabby and Eric, they were on the fence about a proposal, but whatever, not, not a big deal in the grand scheme of things here. They think that Tino only cares about himself and how he will look, which is a fair point if his initial reaction after telling Rachel was, I regret telling you. And I thought it was interesting that Gabby said he's gone so, he was so gung-ho on you, he made an ass out of himself during the season. Because a lot of the guys did, you know, make comments about Tino, Ethan with the baby back bitch. He clearly, as the group dates went on, Tino wasn't thriving in that environment. He struggled with the fantasy suites. His parents didn't look great on TV. Like there was a lot done and it was kind of in the sacrifice of I- Want to be with Rachel so badly, I can't help it if I'm, you know, acting a little bit like a jerk to, at, to other guys at the at the fans at the hometown at the group date. Sorry, word vomit. Thought it was interesting. She pointed that out. um Rachel doesn't think Tino's apologized enough. She's made that very clear. She thinks that he expressed regret about it because it ruined things between them. And he, de- but he doesn't want anyone to know. And he wanted her to say by him at Afr and them to kind of work through it privately. And they're definitely raising red flags about why Tino is so concerned about how the public's going to feel about this. And I think that's fair. And when Tino gets there, he's looking rough. There's no going about the fact that Tino throughout this episode didn't look great. Didn't look his best. He shows up with a notebook. It's immediately awkward. So cringy when they're like already fighting of who should go first and talk. I think that part comes down to, they were there for two maybe different reasons. Not to give Tino like, too much credit here or sympathy. is not what I'm trying to do. But I feel like Tino was there because they told him that Rachel was open to getting back together. And Rachel was there to have her moment of ripping off that ring and giving it to him and declaring she was done. And the producers told them both they were going to get that moment. But the producers needed them to have a conversation so the audience could get clued in. So have those private conversations they were having on camera so we can follow, which they kind of did. But then they cut out all the good stuff, apparently, which we'll get to. So they had all the footage and they could show us what happened. But they were there. Tino was there to try to get back together and maybe save face a little bit, knowing it was going to air. And Rachel was there to rip off that ring and declare she was done. And I don't think she had any intention of hearing Tino out. She did want the apology. She kind of got it, which we're going to go into. But he did do the lot of I'm sorry, buts or I'm sorry, ands. And if he just stopped a little bit sooner, I think it would have gone better for him. But he immediately says, I messed up. I kissed another girl. The second I did, I knew I belonged with you. That is such a dumb line. He calls it a tiny moment um, saying he wanted to suppress it. He confirmed it was a girl that he never went on a date with, but he had met before in passing. The show ends. They saw each other at a bar. This was premiere week when I called you and there was some stuff that I had heard that you had told me that I drew back from my journal because the stuff you said hurt. And he starts reading from his journal and feels like a red flag that he was like taking notes during their phone calls of things she said. Don't love this. This might have been Tino's biggest defense to me. The the journal and the, the detailing, their fights from his perspective and then reading them. I didn't like that. I almost felt like that was worse than the kiss. You said, I don't know how this will work. I'm in a bad place. I can't put effort into this. I can't do the happy couple weekend like we planned. If, we, if I go, I don't want to sleep in the same room as you. All these things that Rachel, I guess, was telling Tino that was making him have doubts and feeling insecure. So he, in Tino's, again, not in his defense because I don't, he kissed another girl, he cheated. I guess there's no justifying it. But Rachel is repeatedly asking him to explain himself. So how can he explain himself? He's trying to explain his state of mind that he was in. And I definitely think he got defensive. I don't think he came off great. I Like I said, the diary was ridiculous. But it's kind of what she was asking for. No, am I being crazy? She wanted to know why he did it. But then when he started to say why he did it, he was like, how dare you? But he can't take it back. He can't take it back. The comment you jokingly asked him if he would be the next Bachelor, he said that hurt. So Rachel called during their conversation, asked him if he wanted to be the Bachelor And he said that that hurt his feelings, but she said that he answered in a jokingly way that he did. So these two are just speaking different languages. I think there was so much he said, she said that, God, I wish these conversations were being recorded and more... Uh, raw and you know authentic versus them kind of recreating the fight. Think back to like Melissa Rycroft and Jason Mesnick breaking up on stage. Like that was their actual breakup. I feel like Ari and Becca actually broke up in front of our eyes. This was kind of like a recreation of a breakup, and it was so confusing because they kept dropping these nuggets and then taking them away from us. I I actually need more clarification on that weird comment about whether Tina wanted to be The Bachelor. And now more things that happened was about this ring. He said that, according to Tina, Rachel said, I'm giving back the ring and I don't want to wear it after the final rose. She doesn't react right away here. And then he says that she said she didn't want to go to therapy and her face dropped. She says, don't lie. And she said, I did go to therapy. And the only reason I didn't go the other time was because I was doing press. And they keep talking about like after the final rose and press. And it's it's playing into the fact that both of them care a lot more about what other people think. And I'm not sure. A little bit pot calling the kettle back. I think they both, Rachel wanted to be a good bachelorette and Rachel wanted this moment. Tino definitely didn't want this out there and wanted her to hide it, which isn't fair to her at all and was worried about what people were going to say about him. I think they both felt that way. And I think most people on the show feel that way. Again, it's like a list of reasons why it was okay to cheat, which doesn't make it okay to cheat. But I also feel like she was asking for the list of reasons why he cheated. So I don't know how Tino could have won there, but it came off slimy. It was a no win for him. And for a moment there, he agreed that they weren't broken up. And she, they both agreed that they weren't broken up, but they really just had different understandings of what it meant when they were fighting about the ring and what the ring meant. She did say, because he kept saying, you wanted to give the ring back. I thought that that meant something else. And she said, I said, if we go back to dating, then I'm not going to wear it AFR. She did say that. And Tino brought that up during the live part. And she was like, that's not what I said, yada, yada. So she isn't owning the fact that I guess she did say, she potentially wanted to give the ring back. They clearly weren't on the same page of if giving the ring back to Tino, the thought of giving the ring back to Tino meant that they were, you know, kind of free to do what they wanted. Rachel said, that's not the case. And that's not the case. And Tino, I think knew deep down it wasn't, which is why he did apologize for the kiss because he knew it was wrong. It is cheating. They weren't broken up. I believe that. It is a little bit of the Ross and Rachel Were we on a break. I don't think it matters because at the end of the day, if Tino's reaction to a fight or even the day after the breakup is to go kiss some girl he knew, That's not great either. So either way, Tino was wrong for kissing this girl. He was really wrong for not telling Rachel in person and calling her on the phone four days later. And it wasn't great that he did try to kind of blame her for it. Saying, I'm sorry, because I was haunted by this is not saying I'm sorry. He didn't want to talk about it because he didn't want them to break up. But it was, what was he going to do? Just never tell her that he kissed this girl and pray to God that she was never going to come forward to anyone, other either her personally or a media outlet, or, you know, even if it was years later, this would have blown up everything. So he obviously had to tell her and it was obviously wrong to kiss her. She said, it's not a mistake, you made a choice, which is fair. He did make a choice. And Rachel doesn't believe it was just a kiss. And I think Tina was gonna say it was, so he was blue in the face that it was just a kiss. So I guess they couldn't harp on that too much. But I think that's also part of what I was saying earlier about these alleged text messages and how he knew this person because she felt really strongly that more than just a kiss at a bar happened. And if that's true, she has to have some reason to feel that way. I don't think she's just saying that to say it. So I wish they got into that. When Sean Lowe in the crowd, which killed me every time they showed him, it was funny because Catherine would be like clapping at at the sweet parts and Sean Lowe would be like laughing during any of the intense parts. And they showed him laughing when Tino said, I'm trying not to panic, but is there a way this works out? When he says that he thinks he deserves to be with her, Rachel freaks out. Um, and then he, Tino storms off and he tells the producer, tell her to just break up with me, let it out. Tino doesn't want to be here anymore. He starts taking his shirt off, presumably taking off his microphone and trying to get a private time with the producer. Who I'm sure it's convincing him to stay. Rachel's not ready to let him go yet in the fact that she wanted to you know, keep, as much as she doesn't want to circle, she does want to circle because that's what she's doing. Um, She said, I forced it out of you. And then you immediately said, I wish I didn't tell you, which was messed up. I think that, again, one of Tino's biggest things was not telling her right away. And the fact that he immediately went to, I should have never told you because of how she reacted. You can't blame Rachel for how she reacted, especially initially to finding out that Tino kissed another girl after they got into a fight. I think that it was also interesting. She mentioned we were going to move to LA and Tino says, I'll take you at our lowest over anyone at our highest, which is kind of tough because she kind of put him at their lowest. You know what I mean? And again, she says she's done. And I think she always was. And I think that this whole thing was just for the show and that I don't think she really was ever going to get closure here. And it was kind of just to glue the audience in and Tino leaves We cut back to the studio. Jesse Palmer says, you know, for me personally, that was hard. Okay, Jesse Palmer, thank you for letting us know how you felt watching that scene. Big Tony's in the crowd, her dad. There's this woman wearing a giant um, pink turtleneck behind him. And I have nothing to say to her. I'm sure she's a lovely lady. It just, it struck me every time they showed Big Tino getting upset. I just got focused on Big Tino, Big Tony getting upset. I was focused on the girl in the turtleneck and I, I wondered what she was thinking. I'd love her to speak out. Did she hear anything, any whispers between Rachel's mom and dad? The friends who were the ones who questioned Aven, not Tino, were there. I'd love to hear, you know, their perspective. When Tino comes out, the crowd boos. I feel like someone called him an asshole at one point, which was tough. Um, He does apologize when he comes out. He says, I'm sorry it took me so long to tell you. And he says, I'm sorry that the meetup came off as if I put it on you. Meaning Rachel felt like their conversation. He was trying to justify cheating and blaming whatever Rachel was going through for why he cheated, which isn't cool. And I don't want it to come off that I don't, that I think it is when I say that Rachel was asking for this, but I just feel like what was Tino gonna say that was gonna make her happy? I don't think anything. That doesn't mean I think Tino was right at all, but I just don't know what Rachel actually wanted. And I do kind of understand when he was saying, I was trying to prove, give you context, which is what I thought you were asking for. But she really did not like when he said, came off as, or you completely put it on. And this is kind of the classic. Tino definitely didn't use his words right a lot of the times. If he said it, a hundred percent came off as if I put it on you, or I did put it on you, and I shouldn't have. I in, in my in my attempts to give you what I thought you wanted, which was context, it ended up with me putting it on you, and that's not that's not good. And I'm sorry for that. I feel like he just needed to, it was the sentence structure. We needed to reverse the way Tino was, again, maybe it wouldn't have mattered because she didn't care and she was going to be mad at him anyway, but it kind of felt like he shot himself in the foot with some of his sentence structure. He says you were the best partner when we got engaged, but then you got distanced when the episode started airing. So it sounded like they were both really struggling with what was airing. I said for this whole season, I thought Tino was going to be one of the guys who couldn't handle watching Rachel with other men. And I think that was definitely true. But they're definitely getting at Rachel was going through something during the show airing. And it kind of sounds like maybe Rachel was having mental health issues watching the show back. Maybe it has nothing to do with the show and it was something completely different. Or maybe she was just struggling watching, you know, seeing herself get rejected on the show or anything about the show or the backlash online or just that's a lot to go through. And it kind of feels like that's what it was. But I also feel like there has to be more because they allude to whatever was happening between them being so personal that they couldn't talk about it. And I get that to some degree, but another part of me is like, we're on a reality show and we're talking about your fight. How can you not tell us what led to the fight that then led to the kiss? It started out with a kiss. How did it end up like this, to quote the killers? And she's all batched for having a great meme on that. So he says, we started letting our conversations get into, quote, I couldn't love you anymore. And Rachel's triggered. She says, do you want to get into that, that hard, deeply personal time that we both don't want to air out about why these things are happening? A little bit of a threat. And I couldn't tell because they definitely both didn't want to talk about it, but she was threatening to go there and he immediately backed off and he was like, no, 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 please, 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 please. And she says that was the conversation we had on the couch, but they cut it out. And I, I feel like it just was, it was so confusing to me because Rachel was kind of the one threatening Tino that she could reveal the information. But then Tino was the one who brought it up. Now, this this might be too far to speculate on, and I don't want to speculate too much. I don't want to speculate too much, but I kind of feel like maybe Rachel was struggling and Tino had a reaction that didn't go well. So by Rachel doesn't want to open up about what she was really going through and feeling, because I'm sure that would have been hard for her. And then Tino probably didn't have a good reaction, so it wouldn't have made him look good either. So I guess maybe that's why they were like projecting, protecting each other here. Or maybe it has nothing to do with that in the show, and it I'm totally wrong. But I, as a reader, viewer trying to put this together, kind of felt like it was going to make them both look bad. And I don't know what that could be unless it was like Tino's reaction to something Rachel said or did. Rachel clearly was going through a hard time. She kind of said, Rachel, according to Tino, kind of said that she wasn't in the headspace to be a good supportive partner anymore. And it feels like it was about the show if it happened around the premiere. So that's kind of what I see it as maybe... Tino had a bad reaction to something she said. So it would make him look bad if they exposed it. But also Rachel just didn't want to go there and talk about what she was going through personally. They fought over the ring again. He admitted he cheated because of his ego. He he thought they were giving each other space. He admitted that that doesn't mean he can go kiss someone else, but he did kind of keep trying to say that and rationalize it to some degree, which is going to keep triggering her. They bring up her family at one point. She's like, wouldn't my family know if we called off our engagement? And then he says, I didn't want to bring, I don't want to bring your family into this probably because he doesn't want to bring his family into it. He acted in, out of insecurity. She deserves better. And he said, sorry again. And I actually thought this part was Okay. Um, but then he says, I'm sorry that we're sitting here. He should have just stopped at I'm sorry. And this could have been it. Like Tino, this was a heartfelt thing because Rachel went on Good Morning America and said all she wanted was an apology. And she got a bunch. I don't think they were great, but she did say I'm sorry a, a lot of times. He did the I'm sorry, but the I'm sorry and the I'm sorry I did this because and did try to you know, put it on her a little bit. But she did say sorry. So she can't say he didn't say sorry. Um, he also brings up therapy again and how he wished he took it more seriously. And then it's like the therapy of it all is so confusing. I'm definitely pro therapy for everyone. And these two, I think need a lot of it, but it's really confusing on why that was, then he said he didn't take the therapy seriously enough when he was one allegedly begging her to go to therapy. It feels like, again, these personal things that they're giving us the nut. It's kind of like Nate and Michelle, that, that Nick Vile podcast I broke down, it's they're giving us just enough to then speculate that makes it worse versus maybe telling us or cutting it out completely. They can't control the narrative on this show and they give us just enough. And I know it's live, but it was just really hard as a viewer to try to figure out what was going on here. She says, There's no excuse in the, the day you broke my heart. They're wrapping it up when Jesse Palmer says, There's someone who demanded they speak to you. And Avon comes out. Now, this was clearly planned to some degree because Reality Steve did tweet before this happened that Avon was there and planning to come out and do this. Did Avon do this because the producers asked him to? Did he do it because he wants to date Rachel? Did he do it because he likes Rachel enough and the producers asked him to? Did he think maybe they were going to pull a fast one and make him The Bachelor instead of Zach? Did he think that, does he hate Tino and just wanted to embarrass him? Is he easily convinced to do something? Did he come to the producers and ask to do this? We don't know the answer to that. We'll probably find out one day, some version of the story. But I thought it was lame, you guys. I understand that it was the idea was supposed to be Avon is the knight in shining armor. But I thought it was a little desperate and a little weird and a little bit of trying to recreate the Tyler Cameron asking out Hannah Brown Which also probably was calculated, but somehow felt organic at the time, maybe because when that happened, Jed wasn't sitting there and it didn't feel so put on. But Avan said, you don't deserve any of this. Anything that happened between any of us. I was just wondering if maybe you wanted to get out of here and go catch up. She says, I would love nothing more. She hugs Jesse to say goodbye, then hugs Avin and they leave. And then Tino asks permission to leave. Someone in the crowd goes, bye. And a lot of people think that went too far because it was kind of bullying Tino in some degree. And I I do agree with that to some sense. I asked you guys what you thought of it. And some of your submissions on my Instagram were as followed. Almost felt bad for Tino too. Felt like Rachel didn't care what he wanted and had no sympathy. I thought Avin showing up was unnecessary I felt like both Tino and Rachel came off as manipulative and narcissistic. Um, ABC messed up. Not right to hang Tino out there like that and bring out Avent. It's kind of classless. Morgan, who was my guest last week, I thought this was good, said if they want to talk about mental health, make sure everyone's is better, not just the lead. She's allowed enough to like his response. But then why are you stampeding on him? I do feel bad for Tino. Rachel wanted answers, but then wouldn't hear them. Um, Other people thought it was savage and thought it was interesting. And other people thought it was fake. People said it was cringy, disgusting. Um, Other people are team AVEN and are really rooting for these two to make it work. So I think it was interesting overall. People in Bachelor Nation definitely weren't happy about it. Some people you had, Ashley, I call it demoralizing and saying we could support Rachel without having put down Tino, uh, Nick Vile tweeted, I hate this, whatever it was. Then you had girls from Clayton season who are close with close with Rachel tweeting, you know, LMAO. This was so funny. I think that was Marlena um, Genevieve saying this was exactly what we wanted to happen. Like, go Aven. we don't see what happens on the show with Avon and Rachel. We see them backstage for about two seconds and he kind of they're talking and they go outside on Kelly and Ryan this morning. She told them that right now we're waiting to see where things go. We went outside to talk without microphones. He wanted to support me through this hard time. He has been so incredible. When Ryan Seacrest asked, do you want to go on a date? Rachel said, we didn't go on a romantic date, but maybe we will. I I don't know. I'm kind of surprised because I thought I'd be all about this. Like, I love dramatic moments, but for whatever reason, it made me feel kind of icky. And I like Avon. I said last week I thought he still had feelings for Rachel. So maybe there is some sincerity on his part. I also think it's fair to say there probably isn't. And this was all just for the show and to kind of give Rachel that happy ending. I think it really might have been different if Tino wasn't sitting there. And I'm not even one to, like, want to sympathize with Tino. I'm usually, like, drag him. Go, girl. But there was something about this that just didn't didn't sit right with me. And I don't know. I I think it'll be interesting to see if Tino does any interviews, if he shares more about whatever they didn't talk about. I feel like he probably won't because it kind of feels like it's something that Rachel doesn't want out there, too, and it won't end well if he does. But it would be interesting to have him kind of speak without Rachel chiming in and saying that's the contradicting herself a little bit. Being like, I don't want you to make excuses, but then asking why he did what he did, which there's no way to ask for, to, for him to rationalize what he did without an excuse because it is an excuse. I don't know. I'm going now. I'm going in circles, you guys. This show is driving me crazy. Before I go, I obviously want to talk about Gabby and Eric a little bit. Cute proposal. They're super giddy. A little bit ruined by the birds crowing in the background, but Rachel's dress, or Gabby's dress, Rachel's dress was nice too, but Gabby's dress, I loved it. I thought her hair looked great. I liked her ring. I liked Rachel's better, but it was still a solid ring. I thought it was cute when Eric was like, you don't know how many times I practiced this. And she was like, you did so good. It felt real and organic between them during the proposal, I'll say that. Then they had the three bachelorettes who are not with their people they picked, giving Gabby advice. No disrespect on Caitlin, Michelle, and Becca. It just never fails, in my opinion. Eric comes out, it's pretty clear that him and Gabby are together right away. They kiss. It's the more traditional, like, let's bring out your fiance and celebrate thing. They immediately aren't giving too much detail about what's to come. I think that's a smart move as much as I, you know, want to know and hear the plans. I don't think they actually have them. And I think... For a lot of people, I find that to be a red flag, you know, and that's why I believed in Michelle and Nate, which obviously ended up not working out. But because they had the plans to move to Minnesota, they got the house down payment. They felt like they really had it figured out. I thought they were going to get married within the year and things were going to be like the ball was rolling. Gabby, I genuinely think... I believe everything Gabby that comes out of Gabby's mouth. She just comes off to me as someone who's really authentic. And even during Dancing with the Stars, like Alfonso Ribeiro asked her a question. And then she goes, did I answer your question? And he goes, not really. And she's like, oh, well, like she's just saying what comes to her mind. And she's not thinking too hard. And I think that that goes to show with this, too. Like they she's not the first. she's the first one to say, I don't know what's going to happen with this. We've already weathered a lot of storms, but I love Eric. Right now we feel good. She joked about hating men. She's like, I can't believe I'm the one who ended up with the ring either. Like it felt real to me. And they're on the the sense of they don't know what's gonna come next is just the reality. So I'm kind of glad they did that for once versus pretending they had the plans because the plans sometimes make me believe that they actually are gonna make it and other times it feels phony. Here they didn't even try to do that. And I like that. And I I think you could feel the love between Eric and Gabby. Now they projected the text messages on screen of from Eric's, I don't, X is, the, we use X in headlines because it fits, but former flame, I feel like has been a better use in my, in the stories I've been writing or past love interest, if you want to call her that. Her name is Amanda. She's a single mom. They showed the text and Eric immediately, you know, owns it to some degree. He says... That he met a girl about a month before uh, it started. He left to film the show. I had no idea I was going to come here. Ultimately, I realized that there was not a connection long-term. And it was about the same time the show reached out. I handled it poorly 100%. I let her on. I want to own that. I kind of took it the easy way out in a sense. I didn't want to have the hard conversation. It's a mistake that I made on my part. He said he was cowardly, but his relationship with Gabby is 100% real. Contrary to what he wrote in these texts that the show was fake. He said, I was using the show as an excuse not to confront her about our relationship at this point where I didn't see a future, but we were having fun. Gabby noted she knew about the text way before they were leaked, um, part, right after part one of the finale, which is when they were leaked. She said, he was thinking about me and we've had these conversations time and time again, time and again. Our communication has gotten better and he's gracious and he's honest. So I believe what he said. His honesty and willingness to take accountability is all I can ask for in a partner. So I definitely think that there's some, I think Abby forgiving Eric makes sense to some degree because we see time and time again, these like outside of the show relationships ruining it. And there is the argument to be made where I had no idea I was going to fall for you kind of thing. It's it's valid. It really is. I am a little surprised just because I did read all the texts and I feel like Eric did lay it on pretty thick. He consistently went back to this girl, Amanda, and was like, I don't know if I'm making the right decision. I, you know, or would you like... I I didn't think you'd act this way, kind of implying that he did want her to like wait around or keep the option open. He allegedly sent her flowers right before he left saying, um, the flowers said, I'll never stop thinking of you. Um, Amanda told Us Weekly that it was two dozen roses two weeks after they ended things, which was I think March 11th. And then he left to film the 23rd. And she called his comments BS, but wishes him the best. She will learn. Um, So, I mean, she's a little salty. We got to take everything that this woman says with a grain of salt, because she's certainly salty and maybe thirsty. Um, but I also do think that Eric did lay it on pretty thick. You guys, he texted this girl like several times over those two weeks before he ended it. It's not like he sent her one nice message and that's like leading her on. Like he definitely let her on and he did say that he did. I'm not saying that they should break up over this, but I don't know. I, I, I didn't leave the best taste in my mouth and I'm not totally confident that these two are going to make it down the aisle. but I think they're cute and I want them to, I think. Um, I don't, I think a lot of guys go on the show because they're stuck in their career path. I just think it's a definitely a bad idea to put it in writing. You guys, when are they going to learn? Obviously they didn't address that. Eric, uh, a photo of Eric from his high school yearbook in which he was in blackface resurfaced. A lot of people, uh, Thomas Jacobs, Rachel Lindsay, a lot of fans are concerned about that. And I think that's totally fair. They spent a lot of time talking about the text messages with the ex Um, they put them on the screen, but they didn't put the blackface photo on the screen. Eric had previously apologized for it. And I think his apology was pretty well received by the fans and some of his fellow contestants. I'm not a person of color, so it's not my place to approve Eric's apology by any means. And I do think it was a cowardly move of the show not to show it on screen. I get that, you know, it's a lot to put on Eric in the hot seat because they're going to go to the X messages and then this and they're happy together. You want to focus on the happy stuff but it was a teachable moment in sense for the franchise and just to, to ignore it felt really slimy. And like they were trying to brush it under the rug and I'm surprised Eric didn't want to talk about it too, just because it was already getting attention and it just comes off bad. If we're going to talk about things that happened outside of the bachelor bubble, then let's talk about all of them. It's not fair to pick and choose and to pick these claims by this woman of two months, which I think were important to talk about, but over, you know, this photo that hurt a lot of people and is something that happens in our society that we need to talk about. I'm not saying we need to crucify Eric, but I think a discussion about it would have made a lot of sense. And it just is silly that they didn't. And it, it looks bad on the show and it looks bad on Gabby and Eric. And I wonder whose decision it was, to be quite honest, because it wasn't the right one, in my opinion, either. Jesse keeps saying that Rachel was supposed to come back. I wonder if that's true. The one thing about Gabby and Eric and the text messages that they didn't totally talk about was Eric did send another text to this girl on July 10th, which was the day before the premiere saying sorry again i feel like maybe that's when he told gabby about it and then he said they were like let's get ahead of this and send this woman one more text and maybe she won't leak the messages i think it actually had the opposite effect because she told us that she actually gave these messages away to Nation scoop in july but they didn't post them until september that could have been legal reasons could have been didn't see them i don't know or maybe because eric wasn't the finalist yet i don't know people would have cared um, I don't know why the messages came out they did, and I don't know if she's telling the truth, but she claims that she gave the text away in July. So maybe that message triggered her, but maybe that was Gabby and Eric deciding to send this message as like a plea of maybe don't release these because we already worked it out. I don't know. Or maybe Gabby didn't know about that text. They didn't they didn't ask. Jesse Palmer didn't ask. He instead kept joking about how Rachel left the building. We'll see if they say anything else more about this or if it just goes away. This this ex-girlfriend thing. Um, It did happen a month ago. So I think it's fair for them to want to move on. I just think maybe we could have asked a few more specific questions about the situation. And I think, you know, if they break up, people are going to project this on it and who knows if it'll ever have anything to do with it. But not a great look for Eric. Not a great look for Eric. Gabby did tell People Magazine that she was shocked by the blackface photo. Their communication has gotten better. They've worked through this. It is interesting to think about the fact that that photo came out like two days before then these texts came out or maybe four days. It was like a week long period. Another reason why I think they should have talked about it on the episode because what a tumultuous time to go through for the two of them to this photo to come out, the text to come out, even if she knew about the text, whatever. She didn't know about the photo. And it's just a lot for like the public to be weighing in. And if we're gonna be candid about the struggles and ups and downs of one relationship, why aren't we gonna like talk about all sides of this one? So felt like a missed opportunity for me. I don't even want to get in to the Zach of it all. Um, I'm pretty indifferent about him being the bachelor. I don't dislike Zach. I don't like Zach. I don't really care about Zach. Sometimes the show does a good job of making me care when I think I don't. So we'll see if they do that. I think, and I've said this a million times, The Bachelor is so much more about the women and the contestants, whereas The Bachelorette is a lot of the times about the lead. This is a show that women watch. So when the women, whether they're the person, the woman's in charge or they're the contestants, that's who we all gravitate to as the audience of kind of following their narrative. So if they cast interesting girls, I'll get behind the season. I do think, it was a joke that they had America vote to give the first impression rose to five of these women. One of these five women who we met for two seconds, and I I didn't even register their names or what they said. You guys, the one girl must have cursed or something because they blacked it out, bleeped it out. And at that point, I was just so checked out I didn't even care to find out what she said. But like, why couldn't we have voted for the Bachelor if America's supposed to have a say? I think that's such a bad argument. Instead, it was like this weird Love Island knockoff where we were voting for America's rose after meeting people for five minutes. Or we should get have gotten to do this. I can't we couldn't have done it night one, I understand, because it's live, but it's not live. And this was, but I don't know. It just felt like a waste of time. And the fact that this last half hour was jokes about the prop set setting up the fake mansion and Zach having to meet these women. And it's just it, it, they've done this the last couple of years and it never leaves an impression. Like none of the people who do anything on night one that we care about on this pre-night one that we care about to bring into night one. It doesn't matter. It's just unnecessary. And it it felt like we were rushing into the Zach stuff. And brushing over the fact that who even asked for Zach to be the Bachelor. And there was just so much to, as Jesse Palmer said, a lot to unpack from this episode. So it didn't feel like we needed to start a new Bachelor season. I didn't feel ready. And I didn't even feel like I could pay attention. And then they almost did him dirty by asking him the names of the women. And he didn't know them. It was like they're setting up Zach to fail themsel- himself. Oh, I didn't like it. I didn't like any of the Zach stuff. I'll keep an open mind for when Zach, you know, his season actually airs in January. But wasn't for me. Bachelor Paradise promo excited for next week hoping to get some of the Bachelor of Paradise people on this show they showed Rachel in one of the teasers I don't think that, that was because Rachel's on Paradise I think it's because she one of her girls probably one of her like BFFs probably starts dating one of her men and they bring her in to like give advice I think they did that with Becca Kufrin anyway that was a very long Bachelor recap in which I gave you all my thoughts I hope they made sense if you liked this episode please let me know I know some of you do like this solo episode some of you don't I'm doing my best. If you have anyone who you think you should be on the show, whether it's a Bachelor podcast host or fan or comedian or an alum I have never reached out to, or maybe you don't know if I have, but has never been on the show, please let me know. I will be back for Paradise. Hopefully I'll be back for Zach season. We got a lot more VIP and Bachelor and Bachelorette to uncover. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and slide into my DMs with what you want to see on this show. Next.